We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of IB Nation Sports Talk. I'm Vince D'Addario. That guy right there is not Sean Styers. That's Jesse Styers, the new and improved version. It's Styers <laughs> 2.0. And uh, this is, let's see, he's got a couple more days of vacation, so we're going to be filling in for him uh, for the next couple of days uh, as well. We've got rapid fire tomorrow only, but today uh, we're going to talk about some some interesting things about Notre Dame I guess and and we're gonna I'm gonna do a, my version of a recap for practice this morning nice. um I I know that uh Brian and Ryan did I think a four-hour show this afternoon uh where I'm sure that they broke down you know practice and all of that and I I didn't watch it on purpose because I want to kind of give my piece on on what I saw at practice and things of that nature and uh then we're gonna roll into rapid fire Jess but uh so a little peek behind the curtain here, folks. We decided not to have a show or not to have an IB Nation sports talk show last night because Brian and I decided, well, we were both at practice. Let's just do a show together as opposed to doing two different shows with two guys that weren't at practice. That seems silly. So, hey, let's get after it. And uh, so I gave Jesse the night off. And what does Jesse do with his time off? <laughs> Go ahead, sir. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, so uh, Vince Vince gave me the news yesterday that I got the evening off. So um, in that very moment, I decided to uh, go to the Cubs and White Sox game. It was a Crosstown series, two-game set. Uh, Cubs were looking to sweep it, and uh, Stroman was on the mound. Obviously, didn't end up pitching. You know how is how we I we've seen him pitch so far this year, um, but I was excited to see it. The opportunity was there, and I I couldn't pass it up. And Vince, I don't know if you know this, but from where my parents live now, it, it's only an hour and a half drive yeah. to Guaranteed Rate. Oh yeah, outside. You know, it's like straight just, shot. Yeah, you're just right off. It, it was a quick. I mean, a li- going there was a, obviously a little bit more busier, but man, we flew home because no one. No one leaving Chicago is going to, you know, Indiana after the game. Everyone's predominantly staying in Illinois. So as soon as you get off 94 to take the exit to the Indiana toll road, you are out of there. There is like no one on the road. So uh, it was a great night. Cubs got down early, came back and won it. Yeah, they uh, did. Swept the Crosstown series, one game under 500. And more importantly, I was telling you, uh, I played some bets and netted. (laughs) Netted like 150 bucks, which covered my ticket costs. So I, I, I feel good. I yesterday was a great day for me. Hey man, you're not kidding. It, it, that is so typical Jesse and like mid twenties guy. Be like, oh wait a second, I don't have to do anything tonight. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go out of state and go watch a professional baseball game. Like I'm just gonna hit the road and uh, we're just gonna do our thing. I'm impressed, jealous, uh, all all at the same time. I, yeah, I, I would say the only downside, if there was one, is we didn't get home till about <laughs> like 2 a.m., 2.15 Ooh, last night. That was the only downside. Late. It was just because the game was so long. You know, we're used to these two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour games with the new pitch clock rules. Uh, but yesterday's game was high scoring, you know, a lot of pitching changes, sure. slow innings. Okay. And it it just it was a it felt like one of those, you know, back and forth, high scoring, just traditional baseball games. It was actually just a really good game, you know, to be at in general. I really enjoyed myself. The only downside, too, is it was hot, hot, hot inside that. There's no air breeze. It's a concrete jungle with a a, basically a facelift of black, you know, everywhere else on the exterior of the stadium. So combine that together. It. I knew it wasn't me when I looked around and everyone else's face just had like that film of oh. sweat on it. You know, everyone, everyone had a film of sweat on them yesterday, but it was worth it at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely. And uh, were you in the, like in the sun, like the direct sun most of the time with where you were sitting? No. And even that's the thing though, is even if like it, there was just no breeze and it was oh, just like brutal standstill mugginess, you know, it was just like you could cut a piece out of the air. It felt so thick. See it. That's where you. That's why you spring for the nosebleed seats, man. You get a little wind up yeah, there at least. As that opposed was true. To, you know, I, I was telling you too. I, I splurged a little bit because I have <laughs> never been to an actual Cubs and Sox series. Yeah. Um. So I sat. I sat right above the Cubs dugout, about fifteen rows up. So you again, kids. I got it paid for. I won those bets. That's, yeah. See, you young kids in your disposable out. income, you can do that. You can splurge <laughs> on the tickets. There's nothing splurge wrong with on that. The tickets don't have to worry about kids. I could just come and go exactly. as I please. What? 
keep it strong, man, as long as you can. As long <laughs> as you can. That's my advice to you. How old, this how old like, this sounds like days? a daydream to me. How old are you these days? 27. 27. Yeah, I had a son at that point. So, like, you're living the dream as far as I'm concerned. So, <laughs> yeah, Dylan was already around at that point. So, yeah. So, anyway, let's jump into topic. it. What's that? I said not to get too far off topic. Well, yeah, you know what? That's what this show's all about, man. We we, we get off topic, and that's okay. Start. And if you don't like it, you know, there's the door. Don't let it hit you on the way out. It's okay. I'm all right with that's that. That's what makes us different. That's right, man. This is IB Nation sports talk, not Notre Dame talk necessarily. So, you know, it is what it is. But anyway, oh, and you, oh, Salty says I splurge on the nosebleed seats. You're not wrong because if I'm buying tickets at all, they're going to be the up. Whole family. I mean, that's seven people, dog. That's a lot. It's a lot of tickets, man. We, we're not sitting behind the dugout. I can promise you that. Unless I can find some comp tickets. Now, if that's the case, we're going all out. All right. All right, so here we go. Practice today. It seems like a long time ago at this point. It was 9.30 in the morning. We only got to see the first five periods. So what do you see during the first five periods of any football practice, Jess? Individual uh, position, you know, warming up, going through different drills, getting loose. Drills that are, you know, supposed – not supposed to. You know, you see a lot of uh, – the first ones are just like more so, you know, getting the body loose, et cetera. And then you still get into more individual, you know, things that are focused on that position. Like I remember at linebacker, we'd have, you know, an individual period of just reading bags, you know, seeing pulling yep. guards, that kind of yep. stuff. Um, yep. It's just it's it's just again, it's you start with getting the body loose that are, you know, drills that are make a, that would get a linebacker loose. And then you get into, again, more just specific run reads, maybe some pass reads, whatever yep. it is. But it's it's all position grouped, right? Linebackers, yep. running backs, wide receivers, we're all doing the same thing. Yep. So. Obviously, they started out with stretch. That's always super riveting. And then they they broke off, and linemen and quarterbacks went to the other field. Everybody else stuck around, and they did, like, special teams individual work. So, you know, practicing running down on coverages and, you know, all of these different things. So, I'm sorry. I'm getting distracted by the chat. I need to get out of the chat. But uh, <laughs> I'll start that one. We'll answer that one later. But anyway – uh, so, so not too terribly exciting. You know, they mix up the offense and the defense and they're all kind of doing different things and they do stations and they rotate around and then all these different things. So, you know, that's a couple of periods. Well, that, while that's going on, I was kind of focusing on, you know, the offensive linemen and what they were doing. They were doing a lot of shoot work, which is something new. Harry Heastan was not a big shoot guy. Uh, believe it or not, the shoot just kind of grew some cobwebs over there uh, on the practice field. They always had a really nice shoot, never really used it. Uh, they definitely use it under Joe Rudolph. So uh, if you don't know what a shoot is, it's basically just a long, it's about what, maybe four feet off the ground, four and a half feet off the ground. It's got like a lid and then you get under it and it helps you stay low basically. And so what they were doing is they were getting on the edge of the shoot. So they had to stay low in their stance and they had to stay low firing out of their stance. But then when they would make contact, they would be outside the shoot and they could rise up and get on in to uh into the defender and you know guys are moving around a lot better this year than they were last year i'll give them that um the starters are the starters no surprise there i thought you know rocco spindler did you know did yeoman's work he pretty much he he built he's he's stacked now he's stacked two practices off of one another i thought he did a really good job but andrew kristofik he just looks bigger than he was before 
and he still moves just fine with some of that added weight and added size. Uh, so he looked good. Uh, Brian and I were talking about Tosh Baker. Tosh Baker really kind of caught my eye. Tosh Baker has never caught my eye in the past. Um, but he caught my eye with his size today. And then I was like, okay, well, I need to watch this guy. And I kind of had to look. I was like, oh, yeah, 79 is Tosh Baker. Okay. So watching him and his feet have gotten a lot better. He was very stiff. He used to be very stiff in the past. But with the added weight, he, for some, from whatever reason, he has gotten better feet. Um, and so he looked good. The starters all look good. I mean, they they look they look great. Um, quarterback drills were interesting for sure. Uh, you know, they were doing a lot of one on one, not one on one stuff, but like a lot of individual stuff. And then they were running this drill. And, and I, I talked to Brian about this because I was watching the quarterbacks, and he was kind of more watching the defense. Um, they did this drill where they would hand off the ball. So they would turn, they would hand off the ball to a running back. They would roll out to the wrong side. So what that means, if you're a right-handed quarterback, you're rolling to your left, and then he's got to throw it to like an out route, like a five to seven yard out route. And Sam Hartman and Kenny Minchie, man, this was like, this was a drill that was made for them, basically, like different arm angles, just whipping their body around, just zinging the ball in to the manager that was out there catching the ball. They look really, really good. That is not Steve Angeli's game. Uh, and I, I'm not banging on the kid. That's just not his game. He needs to be a kid who is in the pocket, you know, diagnosing plays, diagnosing defenses, you know, putting the ball on guys. His ball placement was really good during when they were throwing to receivers, things like that. You're not rolling out Steve Angeli uh, to throw the ball. That's for <laughs> sure. Uh, at least not to the left. Um, he, roll, he rolled out and he just kind of, Tried to turn his body, but then he just ended up kind of floating the ball in there. And it, and it got there, but it was a noticeable difference from what Steve and Sam were doing. You know what I mean? So, you know, that was very noticeable uh, in the quarterback drills. That is for sure. Uh, then I started watching uh, the, the, the running backs. And this is going to kind of tie into the topic that we're going to talk about today. Um, and our topic is basically, you know, how does this team stack up athletically to, you know, pass Notre Dame teams? I'll tell you what, these running backs, even though we got to see like the first five periods, these guys look like they're shot out of a cannon uh, almost every time that they touch the ball or any time that they're coming downhill or whatever. I mean, these kids are different. How did Estime look? with some of that he, he looked a little bit like he put on good muscle you know mm -hmm. is he still light-footed do, do you still oh, yeah. see the quickness to him no he, he and quick obviously not to be uh mistaken for fast but he's plenty fast don't get me wrong he but as brian said yesterday he's probably the slowest of the five guys i mean if you're just running a 40-yard dash for example right um, but man, he, he's still Mr. Imposing figure. His feet are still light as air. He can still make those cuts. Like he's, he's doing just fine. There's, there's no doubt about that. He, he still looks the part. He is RB one. There's no mistake about it. Right. I mean, he walked over and we, I was standing right next to the running backs. Um, cause they, they do their thing over kind of by the stands where we're forced to stand most of the time. And I'm, I'm literally standing in the group of running backs. And if he walked up to me in high school, Jess, 
I'd be like, okay, there's my starting left tackle. Like that's <laughs> that's how big he looks based on the kids we normally get around here. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, he's just he's huge and but still has the agility that he has always had. I mean, it's silly, it's silly. Guys that big should not move that well. Let's put it that way. Um, and then one of the things that I noticed also from the running backs is they worked a couple of different periods actually on pass protection on pass pro. Yeah. That was a big one that we worked um, when I was in school. There was, we had an individual period dedicated strictly to basically running backs, having to pick up a blitzing linebacker. And it was, a, it was a fun drill because it allowed us to um, work on our moves, you know, as a linebacker trying to get past them. And then obviously the running back is just trying to stone stonewall the linebacker um, as long as possible. So that's uh that's good to hear and it's it's not it's not the most fun to drill fun drill to do as a running back just to sit there and kind of you know let a blitzing person run right at you but it's an important concept especially you yeah. know with with what offense that they're going to try to run these running backs you know it, it, and it's something we've seen before guys will get playing time cut if they can't if they can't pass block you know you got to be able to know where you're stepping up in pass protection because you're basically the extra, you know, lineman as a kind of a last string of a defense. You know, you kind mm -hmm. of throw yourself in front of the quarterback at, at all will, but you got to have to know, you know, where the strength is being set, um, et cetera. So it's good to hear that they were working on that. On day two, you know what I mean? Like that's usually not something that they necessarily dive into, you know, right away. And, and that was one of the first things that they were working on because we were only there for the first five periods. And so we're talking like period three and four, they were working on pass pro. You know what I mean? And, uh, and he, and coach McCullough is an excellent coach. We know this, right? He was making these guys redo these drills. Like if they didn't do it right, he was asking to, they were asking to redo it. And then Devin Ford didn't like the way he did the drill. And so he was asking to get a couple of more extra reps in. They had like 30 seconds left in the period and they were done. And he was kind of giving them a break or he was about to give them a break. And Devin Ford's like, no, I need to do this again. McCullough's like, all right, let's go. And so he gave him a couple extra reps, uh, and he was much happier with the way that those reps turned out. So, you know, give a lot of credit to Devin Ford. It was hot, even though it was only about 10 o'clock this morning. It was hot. It was muggy. It was nasty. And they had an opportunity to take their helmets off and sit in the shade, get some water. He's like, nope, I need to do this drill better than I was doing it before. And so he jumped in and, and did his thing. So I guess that good accountability. Yeah. And it's and he's a veteran, right? I mean, he's a graduate transfer from right. Penn State. And he's showing these young guys what's up. You know, uh, I like that a lot. I forgot to tell Brian that one actually. So, uh, so that was good to see from him. Um, Just sets then, the standard as a position group. You know, exactly. no matter where you're yep. at, it's a collective position group thing. You know, your unit strong. You're going to be. You want to be good, um, and kind of hold everyone accountable. You know, it's you got to make sure you're contributing to the team. Yeah, no, I absolutely. Um, I I loved it. I think that group is deep and it's talented and it it is very 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 good. So then they move and they get into kind of routes on air kind of a situation. You know, they've got uh, multiple quarterbacks throwing at the same time to multiple receivers. Tight ends come over, running backs come over, wide receivers come over. You know, they're working on routes. They're looking at being crisp, you know, that whole thing. I mean, and and one thing that Brian and I always talk about when when these kind of things happen, look, it's it's on air, right? I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but there has been many times where we have been at a Notre Dame practice, and I'm not going to say which year or whatever, 
where there's balls on the ground during that period. I mean, and, and either whether it's bad throws, whether it's, you know, bad catches, whatever the case may be, no balls on the ground, man. Like that, that was not really a thing. There were no balls on the ground. It almost looked like a symphony of guys all over the place, multiple balls in the air at the same time. Um, you know, this offense is, is moving right in the right direction. So uh, we had a comment earlier from one of the posters saying that the defense is way ahead of the offense and the offense is terrible and all these different things. Like, I don't know where you're getting your information, but that is not the case of what is happening at practice. Uh, first of all, if you've ever been on a football team or coached a football team, the defense is always ahead of the offense when you first start off camp. Yeah, because I mean, it's always it's it's and especially in camp, Vince, because. It's, it's the base offense. The offense is running their base offense, and that's what they've been running against the defense since, you know, spring camp. It, it's just known what it is, right? Like the defense doesn't have to really worry anything because it's the same defense over and over and over. But when you get into a season, it's a new different defense, you know, every week. So you study one defense for one week and you're moving on to the next defense after that. But when you're going against your team in spring and fall camp, it's the it's the same base defense for about four months. It's yeah, right. There's not a lot of gimmicks, you know. You you know kind of what's coming out of what. Um, there might be you know some wrinkles here and there, but again, a lot of it is majority the same until you get into that first week and you start actually game planning for you know the offense is game planning for Navy's defense and Notre Dame starts game planning defensively for Navy's offense. Yeah, right, and it's. I mean, I again, I don't know what other places are saying because I'm not really paying attention to what other places are saying. But what I saw with my own two eyes is I see an uber talented backfield for uh, on offense. I see an uber talented wide receiving core who catch the ball just fine. It's they do not have a case of the drops or any of that stuff. Like, it's ridiculous from what I'm hearing. Um, now, when they do one on ones, does the defense win some of those? Absolutely, they win some of those. They win a lot of those. Because that's what they should be doing, right? I mean, you have an All-American at corner, and you have a guy who's got the potential to be an All-American at the other corner, and same thing at safety. And yeah, they're gonna win some. They're gonna win some reps, man. Um, And that's what you want. And as a team, they haven't even put pads on, folks. Like they have not. They have helmets. That's it. No shoulder pads. No lowers. No nothing. It's very difficult for me to say that one side of the ball is is whooping up on the other side of the There's ball. There's no physicality. There's no physicality whatsoever. So basically, it's seven on seven with big guys in front, just kind of, you know, doing one of these. Like it, it's it amazing. And I'm sure that other outlets are telling you that you know the offense is terrible and all this. I don't know what they're watching. I'm sorry. I disagree wholeheartedly with that comment. With that, I mean, so yeah moving into the athleticism of the wide receivers, what did you, did you see anything out of that position group in the, you know, some of the time that you were able to, to be at practice? Well, out of the wide receivers. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris Tyree stacked another practice on what he did yesterday. I mean, his, his routes are, are much cleaner than they were in the spring. He's catching the ball really, really well. Uh, you know, Tobias is, is a freak. I mean, they, so how are they using Tyree? Could you gauge that at all? Is it oh, still yeah. a lot of intermediate stuff? More. Where they allow him to work downfield at all? You know, like instead sure. of five five yard in and outs, are they letting him go to ten yard in and outs yet? Like, what does that kind of look like so far? Well, so far, so we watched an entire practice yesterday, and they never had the ball beyond about the fifteen yard line going in. 
I mean, that's okay. just the way they did it. Right. That's how they did it last year. They started inside and then worked their way out. Today they were on about the 10 yard line, just throwing routes on air. So we never really saw them go up against a defense or anything like that. Um, And we never saw them going out with the full field in front of them. You know what I mean? And so a lot of the stuff was crossers and, you know, things that allowed Chris Tyree to use his speed, um, you know, pick routes, you know, things of Mm -hmm. that nature, just to kind of get him loose and make sure that he gets a step on guys, you know, that kind of stuff. But the difference was from last year to this year where Tyree was an afterthought in the offense, they were clearly designing plays to get number two, the football. Yeah. No doubt. It's kind of what we were talking about on Tuesday. I believe it's, he becomes an extension of the run game. It's just, he's lined up at wide receiver. You get the ball to him quickly and you allow him to work out in space. And that it's, it's good to see that there is a concerted effort to, to utilize a skill set that is obviously very, you know, it, it, it's going to be something that can be beneficial to them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're going to use Chris Tyree in this offense and rightfully so. I mean, he's, he's that good. I mean, you need to use him. He got to use his speed. His hands have gotten a hundred times better. His route running has gotten better. And then you add, you know, the consistency of Jaden Thomas and you add the potential explosiveness of Merriweather, you know, that kind of stuff. Your wide receiving core is not going to be a problem at all. And anybody that is feeding you that the wide receivers can't catch or whatever, I'm sorry. I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. So um, I'm excited about what this offense can be, Jess. There's no doubt about it. I, I'm, I'm excited. I think it's the most exciting thing to this season. It's, and again, it's, to me, it's the thing, it's going to be either the limiting factor, you know, what, what, if, if they can't keep up. Or it's going to be the thing that puts them over the top. And really, there's no in-between. I, I hate to say that all the pressure is on the offense, but I, I'm willing to say that. It, it's just for all for how things have been put together this year, you know, stacking up on Hartman, et cetera, doubling down on Hartman, you know, knowing he's only here for a year. Right. It, it's to me, it's got to obviously it's got to go well. But again, they're going to hit their ceiling because of the offense or it's going to be, you know, sure. a limiting factor because of the offense. And, and you also have to remember, look, people can extrapolate whatever they want from whatever they've seen at practice. We've gotten a full practice in five periods. No hitting, no uh, no referees flagging for pass interference, you know, no, no none of that, right? So what can we glean from this team at this point, right? And that kind of leads us into the topic that we wanted to talk about, about Notre Dame's athleticism. We can glean how athletic this team is. That You can see that. Now, does that translate into being a very good football team? That remains to be seen. That's kind but, of Marcus Freeman's calling right there. You know, that's that's the role to take, get all the athleticism here, and that's what he's been doing better than I think anyone right. the last 15, 20 years. And then what do you do with it? You know, do you mold it into something that can can win you the national championship, you know, take you to your goals, or do you squander it? And I think that's exactly. that's 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 what's going to be the time telling part with Marcus Freeman. But I have all the confidence in him that he's going to be able to do what he's got, you know, what he needs to do. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Oh, there's no doubt. So, I mean, you let, let's go through this team and let's let's talk about the athleticism on this team, what we've what we've seen and heard and seen from the, you know, the recruiting classes and all of those different things. I mean, number one, let's talk offense. So what is, what's the normal knack or a knock, excuse me, that, that Notre Dame gets from the national media, Jesse? Um, I would say offensively, they're just not fast enough. They're just slow, right? They're slow. They don't they're have that behind speed, you know, all that, right? I can tell you right now that it, this team is not slow. Uh, this is not, this team is not slow. This team is explosive from what I've seen on this team. This is, I'm not comparing them to, you know, the Alabamas of old or anything like that, because I don't have an opportunity to watch Alabama, you know, or any of those teams practice, but this team is explosive. This team is fast and they've got athletes who can move to the football or can carry the football or whatever. People are going to be surprised at how athletic this team is, Jesse. I'm telling you. And I think that is something to be overly excited about because I, I do think that in recent years, that's kind of been the shortcoming or the knock is they just, you can kind of tell there is, you know, if you want to call it one, a one B in terms of tiers or, you know, one and two in terms of tiers, but it always just feels like Notre Dame's a tick behind, you know, like especially those Clemson playoff games and those Alabama playoff games. It's like, you get there and it's like, okay, that's all fine and dandy. But again, they just look a tick slower than everyone else. And so yeah, I think that's the thing that's been, you know, they, they need that in order to keep up kind of with where everyone else has established themselves. And, you know, you talked about Estime, Payne, Jadarian Price, Jordan Love, Devin Ford being, you know, really good wide receiver, your running back room. And obviously you can see the athleticism there and, you know, with Tobias and, Jaden Thomas and then the, you know, the freshman great house and Flores, you, you know, that the explosiveness is there. And I think another thing that is really uh, to me is a, a, a shining point of their athleticism is look at both of their tackles, you know, like Joe all and, and Blake Fisher, those are big men, but those are guys who move well, you know, yep. for their size. There's a reason why Joe Alt is probably going to be a, a top five draft pick. And there's a reason why Blake Fisher, if he could get into his ceiling would also be a first round draft pick, right? Like he's got the frame, and athleticism to be a, a an NFL tackle is just he hasn't really shown it 100% yet but he has again the athleticism of a really good tackle and then you know Spindler getting into shape and then Billy Strouth being a, a, another younger guy that has you know light feet and stuff it's like there's really no weakness on this te- on this offense in terms of just athleticism compared to everyone else in my opinion yeah no there's no doubt and i you know, offensively, it's obvious who can run, who can move, who, I mean, you know, Holden stays is, is in a, as about as athletic of a tight end as, as Notre Dame has seen in a while. I mean, he's Tommy Tremble-ish, you know, that kind of a thing, kind of a, just a big bodied yeah. wide receiver. Um, you know, then you move over to the defensive side of the ball and the speed at linebacker is undeniable. And <laughs> especially look, these young guys, right? <laughs> well, yeah, well, the, the two older guys can move uh, from point A to point B pretty stinking fast too. And we saw it with our own eyes. I mean, uh, JD and Jack, I realize they get a lot of criticism, right? They're good linebackers. Though. They are fast linebackers. I, and I realize, look, 
Their their wingspan does not double their height or anything like that. They don't have long arms. I get it, and that's the athletic athletic part that everybody always talks about. But they can move. They can pick them up and put them down. I'm telling you right now, there is no doubt about that. Yeah, and I I, I just especially Bertrand. I I just the guy was very consistent last year and seemed to catch a lot of flack. And I, it felt like the line, the linebackers as a whole kind of caught a lot of flack for really one person's kind of not great play. Um, but I've, I've always been a fan of Bertrand and Kaiser and it's, we're fortunate to have them back actually, I think this season because they're veterans who were part of, you know, Algolan's defense last year. And then getting that second year again in the defense is just something that's going to help them um, tremendously. Yeah. I mean, it- I like Ryan's in the chat here. It's inconceivable that those two linebackers are fast. I, I know you're not wrong. I, I'm obviously, I, you know, they, they, they slip me a 20 every time I see them just to make sure I say good things about them uh, <laughs> publicly, just to make sure. But, uh, but no, look, and I'm not just talking about those two guys. Jaden Osbury is one of the most athletic guys in space that I've seen in a long time. And I know he's a young guy, but he's going to get. Do you remind you of JOK because JOK is the guy that I felt like made every play in space as a linebacker. I feel like he's ahead of him though, from where because look, JOK wasn't who he was as a true freshman, right? You know what I mean? It took him a little bit, <clears throat> absolutely. And so I feel like if we're comparing them as true freshmen, I feel like Osbury's ahead of him. Now I'm not saying that Osbury's, you know, it's going to be better than JOK. I'm not. I'm not going there yet. But I'm saying as of right now, he's flashing like. I said this a couple of days ago. I would not be surprised if Jaden Osbury was playing in space on one side or the other against Navy because Jaden Osbury is going to be able to tackle in space, the pitch man, and get downhill on the quarterback. Oh, oh man. Or whatever, Especially right? in a triple option offense when your job is just literally to hit the pitch man. I think that's a perfect role for someone like him because if he's open in space, a young guy shooting out of the cannon just wanting to blow someone up. And it's, it's not a hard read, Vince. You, right. you literally tell him, hey, your it's job not even a read to, at all. I mean, yeah, it's your like, job it's, is to tackle this guy in space every time. And if exactly. you do that, you're doing your job. No doubt about it. And that's that's the key, right? I mean, the the where, where triple option gets you is it's as a defender, and you can speak to this way more clearly than I can because you played in the defense. I've coached it. You played it. It gets boring doing the same thing over and over and well, over. Well, that's what they're over. banking on is that exactly. you just mentally collapse. It's a mentally right. game, strong game. And it's a mentally you, you have to be selfless. You can't be the selfish guy who just because the ball is in front of your face, you want right. to break break code or break you know rules or whatever and, and tackle someone you're not supposed to. That's what they're banking on is the repetitive right. repetitiveness over and over is eventually you just you just you know like it's you're just not gonna do it after a while. They they're banking yeah. on you not staying true to you know basically the rules of the triple option. Exactly. And that's how you can I mean, honestly, that's how you can get a freshman on the field because you just like, look, man, I don't need you to know the whole defense right now. We're playing the triple option. I just need you to do this over and over <laughs> and over and over. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, it's super simple. Just don't not do this and we're going to be just fine. And um, it's like I, cornerbacks and triple option defense where right. they, even though that it's a run 90% of the time, 95% of the time, you still got to run with your wide receiver because the one time that they fake it and chuck it and the guy's wide open, then there's an issue, right? It's, exactly. it's kind of right along those lines. Right, exactly. So, you know, 
position by position, this team is going to be more athletic than they've been in a really, really long time. There's just no doubt about it. And somebody said in the chat that, you know, Brian Kelly was more focused on the trenches and, and really building that up and kind of ignored the perimeter and, and, you know, the athleticism and the speed out in the perimeter. And I think there is some truth to that because that he was trying to, he was trying to put Notre Dame in a mold that Alabama was in, in 2011, 2012, you know, that kind of a thing. But then as soon as Alabama won in 2012, they flipped the script and they started adapting to college football and saying, Hey, we need to be athletic on the perimeter and we need to score points and we need to do all these things. We can't just be run by our defense. And Notre Dame kind of followed that path. Now, you win a lot of games doing that. There's no doubt about it, but you can't compete at the highest level. And they changed and so that they could compete at the highest level. Notre Dame never did. And now Marcus Freeman is attempting to catch back change up. The, yeah, exactly. Catch back up, score points, do what he needs to do to compete at the highest level. And that means getting speed and athleticism on the perimeter. And they are doing that both on offense and on defense but not forgetting about the trenches because they're getting in quality linemen and they're, you know, on both sides of the ball. And yes, they've missed on some guys, but they've also hit on some guys too, but the speed and athleticism at linebacker, nobody can doubt that, right? The speed and athleticism at corner. Nobody can doubt that the speed and athleticism at wide receiver and running back. Nobody can doubt that. You know what I mean? So Things are going well for this team, and I think this team is going to surprise a lot of people, probably more nationally than the people that are like in the chat now and, and the people that follow Notre Dame on a regular basis, although there are some that I'm aware of that are pretty pessimistic when it comes to Notre Dame and being on the national stage and all of those different things, right? But I will say that this team is going to surprise some people. That's for sure. So – Keeping on the defensive side of the ball, did you notice or were you or Brian able to notice anything from the Viper position? I think to me, that's like where I have the biggest question mark. Like, I, you know, the corners, the safeties, the linebackers, like, you know, like two, two of the three linebacker spots, I'm like, okay, I know what's pretty much going to happen. The corners, sure. I know, the safeties, I pretty much know what's going to happen at, you know, the, the one level, maybe the two deep level is more of a question. But to me, Personally, I think the Viper and like the defensive tackle are kind of like the biggest question marks on the defense so far. Here we go. Right here. Matt, with the comment, it says starting linebackers are not that good. They're slow and don't have length. They're not slow, dude. I don't know what to tell you. There's no way I can prove it to you except turning on film and actually watching the game. The linebackers <laughs> are not slow. It's funny. You are... just addressed both of these. Yes. They're not slow. I – they're not slow. They're not long. I, I will admit that. Their arms are not super yeah, but long. Vince, but not it slow. doesn't really matter as long as – a linebacker's job isn't to, isn't to sit and pick off interceptions all day. Their job is to be a run stuffer, first of all, um, on blitz packages, making sure that they're working with the defensive line well. And then third of all, if it is pass, your job is more so to get your hands on the wide receivers to give them a reroute sure. and to actually catch the ball. The, you get more use out of your arms as a linebacker of, the, you know, again, rerouting these wide receivers, tight ends off their route to, to allow your safeties and corners to kind of make up some time in the secondary. And so I don't care if a, if a linebacker has long arms because his job, his like and his list of tasks to do, catching <laughs> sure. interceptions is at the very bottom. You know, there's sure. tons of things ahead of that that are far more important. And if we want to talk about arm length again, as long as you're getting your hands on these wide receivers and tight ends and rerouting them, it really doesn't matter. 
yeah, I, absolutely. These guys, they come downhill fast, man. I'm telling you right now. And having length is a great bonus. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to not recruit a guy because he's got long arms. You know what I mean? That's an absolute added bonus. And it's something that obviously Marcus Freeman is recruiting towards. No doubt about it. But the guys that are going to play this year, I promise you, you're not going to, unless you've got the preconceived notion that, and I'll say it, because they're white, they're slow. Like <laughs> they're not slow. Okay. They're not slow, but you know, it's all good. It's all good. I gotta take a breath. Um so back to my Viper question. Did yeah, you notice so, anything? Did anything stand out? No, because they haven't done anything defensively. Um, and that's the problem. All they did was some recognition, some some uh some formation recognition, you know, that kind of stuff. So they they haven't really done a whole lot so like Batelho was starting yesterday uh followed by Tui Alamaka and then Josh Burnham so like those three guys were kind of rotating through what we thought it was going to be yeah those are the three guys that have pretty much been there um you know I think all three of those guys can play there's no doubt about that you know if Batello's light goes on and he ends up being a three down guy then they're going to be really good there and then you are able to sub in Tui Alamaka and Burnham at times, like the Viper is going to be just fine. There's, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So Ryan Roberts asked if I have short arms or uh, no, do I have long arms? No, I don't have long arms, <laughs> Ryan. Because, that was your downfall. because I am a short, slow white guy, right? I used to be a fast white guy, but that ship sailed a long time ago, long time ago. All right. Let's see here. Ryan wants you wants you to elaborate Botello's uh, appearance at 260 plus. He looks good. I mean, he he carries it quite well. His burst is still there. I mean, he he looks good. There's no doubt about it. I think, you know, from a physical standpoint, Botello is he's ready to go. Um, I'm just worried about right here. I'm worried about between the ears <laughs> with Jordan. And if he's yeah. good, if he's good, like if he's good here and he's good off the field, then he's going to be good on the field. Like, physically, he's ready to go. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. So, man, everybody's just coming at me with my uh, physical attributes. Well, I saw chat. another one that was like, you know, long, longer arms helps linebackers uh, make tackles easier. And it's, it's again, like, <laughs> I mean, those four extra inches that people might be complaining about, it, that's not going to – like. I could see maybe a missed tackle like here or there. Okay. Because like, your arm isn't quite long enough, but like, again, most of the plays linebackers make, they're engaging with their hips and chest plate before anything else. So like they're there, you know, like those, those four inches aren't going to keep you from wrapping a guy up. I, 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 whatever it might be. This is just, I'm just surprised by how, like how serious people are taking this. There's a guy who played in the NFL with like, uh, he was missing part of his arm. Do you think that that like held him back? <laughs> He's played corner and can still tackle people. You know, I get it, it's not linebacker, but like that wasn't a knock on him. And he, you know, was missing part of his arm. I don't know. I, I It's just a very, I've never seen so many people be so concerned about like maybe an extra three inches in arm length. <sighs> I just need to take a breath on what I'm reading over here. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't matter. You guys can say whatever you want about me. Uh, so anyway, that that's our discussion on uh, the – athleticism of this team what we've we're seen gonna, so far 
Yeah, from what we've seen so far. And I'm I'm actually very excited about what it's going to look like once they put pads on. And I believe that's around practice number five. And so we, let's see, we're going tomorrow again. And so that'll be practice number three. I believe they have one over the weekend, which would be four. So I'm hoping Monday when we go that they're actually going to have pads on. We get to actually see a little something. That would be that would be awesome. Like I would be fired up to see these guys in pads. Um, Get a little pop in the chest. Plates. Yeah. And then we have a full practice again on August. Well, I mean, I don't want, I don't know if we're allowed to say we're going to have a full practice in a little over a week. Um, and I, that'll be obviously full pads. They usually scrimmage like they bring in the refs, excuse me. And they usually do usually a little the first Saturday or Sunday practice of the year. Well, that's used to be how it was, uh, but that's not how they're doing it now. So this, this is actually um, once school starts for Notre Dame, they're going at night, which is, which is interesting. Um, which Ooh, that's for a I guy that makes who has it actually more fun. That's, that's for a, a player thing because sure. when you, when you in, introduce competition and intensity, Things are just a little bit more fired up in the evening time, Vince. I don't know what it is, but as soon as they're the going sun late goes down, too, they're going late. Yeah, because I mean, it gets bedtime. it gets it gets late here now. It, like it, it's the sun doesn't go down till like nine o'clock, so I bet they're going to start practice at what like eight or so. Uh, uh, no, nine thirty. Ooh, really under the lights. I wonder if yeah. they can have recruits out there too for that. That would it's be possible. But like for a guy who has like thirteen different jobs, like nine thirty <laughs> works. Like I can actually make those. Um, because it's, you know, after Notre Dame school starts, you know what I mean? That's when they kind of yeah. go to the night practices and stuff. Um, uh, I don't think I'm giving away too much on that, but, uh, that's going to be very interesting, uh, to see some of these night practices, but, uh, but definitely looking forward to it. Cause it'll, if it happens to be hot, it'll be a lot cooler by then. So I was going to say, down. that's actually, I, I really like that concept. Cause I, I think yeah. that works again towards player preference, you know, and it, right. it introduces just more game-like environment. I, I can guarantee you intensity will be up. And I think that's what they're trying to do is you're trying to get these players for two to three hours when you can right. enhance intensity as much as possible. Absolutely. And I think that it'll be because um, their day will be done. You know what I mean? And then all they have to do is focus on practice and then going to bed. You know yep. what I mean? Except for maybe some homework, you know, that kind of a thing. So can't go out and do anything stupid when practice is ending at like curfew. Well, I mean, you can, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it'll be after my curfew. That's for darn sure. Like I'll be going home and going straight to bed. We, I can promise you we're not going to be having any shows directly after those practices. <laughs> hey, don't make that promise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not going to be yeah, having any go. shows. Because I got to get up the next morning. I remember the Clemson game last year. All right, buddy. We worked through a time change. Man, you're not kidding. That that, that yeah, was like a free did. hour for everyone, for all of you out there. You got a free <laughs> hour off of us because yeah, you did. we just kept going. Oh, man. I, I We don't know what our plan is yet for the post-game show, but I'm hoping Jesse Styers is involved because that was always that was a fun night. <laughs> Make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, throw us a five-star review, all that fun stuff. We're going uh, to stick around. We still have rapid fire to do, and uh, so we, we got a bunch of different topics to hit. So make sure you stick around uh, for rapid fire. But for now... For Jesse, I'm Vince. This is the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.